Michaela Runkles here. Michaela is, um, are you a current PhD student? I am. Where? I'm in my first semester. It's called IUPUI, so Indiana sure. University, Purdue University. And uh, in your early 20s, you've come forward to talk about something which is deeply personal mm-hmm. and your business, but I think it's incredibly uh, great that you're doing this because I think more women need to have the courage to step up and talk about this. Mm, thank you. Uh, and I think it happens a lot more than we know. It does. I The current statistic is one in three women at some point in their life will suffer from domestic violence here in the United States. So in your early 20s, you were in a relationship that was good or, or maybe not so good at the time, and you, you, you were victimized. I was. Yep. I um, college boyfriend, first love, and I never saw this coming. Um, and the notion can be, well, he had too much to drink, or what did I do? Um, you know, he deserves a second chance. All those. I'm sure. I assume you went through some of those emotions. Oh, all of those emotions and more. <laughs> yeah, and uh, those in the big picture aren't helpful. Now I have a policy. Mm. Boys don't hit girls. Mm-hmm. Now, I grew up in a household where my father was violent with my mother. Mm-hmm. And that type of stuff is incredibly painful for kids to go through. And I always encourage moms who are listening to this who go, I have no place to go. There are places to go. Yeah, You need to get out for you. You need to get out for your kids. Um, do we know if this guy is still a puncher? I have no idea. It was a one-time altercation. and But it changed your life. It did. It did. And... I I hope to bring a different conversation to the table in the sense it's very common from the outside looking in to say, just walk away. And so I wrote a book on how I survived the altercation, how I eventually walked away from the relationship. It took me about nine months afterward. But it is when you're in that abusive relationship, there's a, a mental hold, an emotional hold that a lot of people don't consider. And so walking away, thankfully, there weren't kids involved in the situation because that would have made it incredibly more difficult for me. Um, but to, to walk away from that situation in my early 20s, I didn't know where I was going, my future. Um, it wasn't as clear cut. Well, yeah, and I don't want people to hear judgment from me because mm. it's not judgment yeah. um, I, i'm saying salvation so, you're right, you know right. more than judgment for the sake of you and of your kids as quickly as you can mm-hmm. get to a safe situation there's some great places to do that and some great places to rescue yourself but i'm not saying it's easy at all it's and, not and abuse can run the spectrum it can be physical it can be emotional exactly. it can be mental all, and usually it's a a combination of all those things it is so it definitely started off as emotional and it was a a slow progression to the point i didn't realize that it was actually abusive at that point um and being my first relationship i i couldn't decipher what was healthy what was unhealthy so i just thought these were normal attributes and what i love about you coming forward and sharing your story is that i think especially for parents grandparents listening there's this idea that this can't happen to somebody that's very young, and this is happening right now to high school age. Uh, mm-hmm. Can happen to anybody, right? Yeah, it's happening to people that are in college. Right. Just because of someone's age doesn't mean that they can't be in an abusive relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And it, like I said, it was something that I never saw coming. It actually happened the day after I took my last college final. So there's several stereotypes around domestic violence in general, and that was the hardest part. One of the hardest parts for me with the healing was I didn't necessarily meet these stereotypes. So, And what can you describe about some of those stereotypes and how your course. situation was different? Yeah. So immediately after the altercation happened, I didn't know where to turn. I had never been in the situation. Sure. I didn't know anybody that had been in the situation. So immediately reached out to friends and family. And I just started hitting walls of judgment everywhere I went. How could you find yourself in a toxic relationship? Why didn't you leave when you saw the emotional abuse get bad? How did you let it get physical? And that was devastating to me. Did you feel like? 
like nobody was hearing you. Exactly. And the tables were turning. Um, the reason why I was in this situation it was my fault. And that was incredibly confusing for me. So I jumped on the internet and essentially just searched, why does domestic violence happen? And the top items on the list were domestic violence occurs in households of low socioeconomic status, households um, where there's low education levels, and it said in particular households of color. It was that general. It was. It was. And so <laughs> I'm How disturbing is that? On my bathroom floor, 22 years old, and to be completely frank, Bruce faced concussion, and I'm not meeting any of these connections. I'm hitting judgment from friends and family. I had never felt so isolated before in my life. I didn't know where to go. And so that's part of my premise of writing this book is this is a conversation in our culture. One in three women will suffer, and I believe it's one in seven men, um, don't quote me on that statistic, will suffer from domestic violence at some point in their life. It's so common, but nobody's speaking of it. And uh, the research that you were able to find was outdated, I hear, right? It was. It um, it was all a generalized self-help model. And the, the number one step that all of these references had was just to leave. And I didn't know how to just leave um, from the outsider looking in. I see how that would be easy. But once I was in that relationship, I mean, I, I talk about it in the book. It was an addiction. I didn't know how to walk away. He wasn't the bad guy to me. He was the man that I had fallen in love with. And I couldn't switch that mentality in my mind overnight that he he was going to be my future husband, going to be the father of my children. But then I'm supposed to hate him. What gave you the courage to finally do it? You know, honestly, it was a change of self. So over that nine-month period after the altercation to when I finally ended the relationship, um, I had started a master's program, and I started powerlifting, and I essentially just reinvented who I was as a person. The physical exercise part of it's a big deal, right? It was. It was a huge component to the healing. Um, I had never lifted a weight beforehand, but I wandered into the weight room immediately after with the mentality that I never want to be beaten to the ground again. That was the only thought. When you think about yourself in in your 20s, you don't really know. You're still figuring out who you are as a person, let alone dealing with all of these. 58, I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk more about your book. Yeah, <clears throat> we come back. Of course, texters can chime in at 312-981-7200. And you're also appearing, you know, everywhere mm-hmm. uh, in discussions of this because this has become your mission. Yeah. And we salute you for it. Oh, thank you so much. Michaela Runkle's a guest. We'll tell you, you can follow her on social, too, in a moment. Michaela Runkle's here. Uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Uh, some of these times we have months uh, for various causes. They sound trite. But the point of these months is to draw attention to it in a more specific way. What's the title of your book? It's called Dear World. And uh, where is it available or going to be available? Yeah, so it's still actually under review at a publication company, and I'm hoping to hear back any day now with a release date. So as soon as that information is available, I'll let you guys know. How about following you on social? Of course. So my Instagram is mostly where I've been um, putting my information out about the book, and it's at Michaela underscore Runkle, spelled M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A underscore R-U-N-K-L-E. Okay. Um, again, as I said at the top, in case you're just tuning in, I salute you for doing this after being a victim of domestic violence. Um, what do we need? You know, we mean well. Mm-hmm. We, the collective world, means well. You experienced some ridiculous reactions from people. I did. Some of which you were talking about off the air a moment ago. Move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, women should listen to men. Those type of nonsense arguments. What do you want to tell young women who are in this situation or could be? So the entire time I was writing this book, there were points of it that were incredibly vulnerable. It's scary to share this part of my chapter with people, but I just kept picturing the the 22-year-old version of myself that was laying on the bathroom floor, didn't know where to turn. And so I keep thinking about other women and men that will be in this position. All I want to tell them is that they're not alone, that... 
I've unfortunately been in the spot and I, I understand. I might not understand the specifics because every relationship's different. Every altercation is sure. a little bit mm-hmm. different. But um, I couldn't find anybody that could look me in the eye and say they had been in my shoes. What happened to this guy legally? Legally, um, he essentially got off of the hook. He was given a three-hour anger management class. It was a three time, hours, three hours exclusively. I believe he might have gotten a misdemeanor too. I honestly don't know, but um, last I heard, anything that was on his record was able to be lifted. The reason I bring it up is we don't want to scare women away from reporting it because mm-hmm. you don't want authorities to say you don't want people to think well the authorities aren't going to do anything anyway. The way to change that experience where men face the consequences they ought to face is more reporting, not less. Exactly. What would you recommend for people when they have a family member or friend confide in them that they are in this situation? You did not have the reaction, as Steve said, that you that really was helpful for you at that time. So what can people that maybe love somebody that's going through this, what can they do? What should they say? Yeah, so that's the second purpose of my book. First is primarily for the the future survivors, unfortunately, um, that they have community. Secondly, it's for the community surrounding that survivor. Because I did hit so many walls of judgment, the best piece of advice I can give is love. Just love them. And I think receiving so many air quote tips on how to survive the altercation from people that had never been in the situation was detrimental to me because their advice was not advice that I was capable of taking at the moment. I just needed somebody to let me have a safe place to feel and process out loud. So listen without judgment. Listen without judgment. Exactly. You wanted to be validated and you also wanted to needed to be reinforced that it was not your fault that there was nothing that you did that caused this and nobody deserves this type of abuse right at all and i'm not a trained mental health professional by any stretch of the imagination but in a way the way that they gave advice it was also treating me like the emotional victim it was he he had taken the reins on my life for so long that when people came alongside me with the bruised face and they were telling me what to do in a way it kept me under that emotional oppression of you can't make a decision for yourself so i needed help building my strength and my power so that i could leave the situation i could become an individual you know uh, you're a very strong person and uh, we salute you for that there are folks who maybe don't have that same level of strength right now but they could find it. You make a point in the notes that there's no one path to fix this Mm -hmm. for you. How do you find your path? For me personally, um, a lot of it came from introspection. So who am I as a person? How do I want to grow and evolve? And I only get one shot at this life. So how how do I want to spend it? And so reframing that, but also um, I had to reframe my mental strength which as I alluded to earlier came mostly from the gym that's where the the springboard was at if you will so going to the gym and figuring out that I can push my body to squat I can push my body to power lift uh, that was there was a mental shift that occurred that I realized I'm capable of these things not only physically but mentally I can will myself into putting a plate on the bar and maybe two plates on the bar and so and then I also pursued my academics so as we said I'm working on my PhD so from that I was able to become a future doctor and God bless you for it I want you to stay in touch with us and let you know how you let us know how you're doing and also when the book comes out but I want to plug a couple of things here and that is uh, in Indiana and Illinois, there's the Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the website is icadvinc.org. We'll obviously put it up as a link so you know it. Uh, and in Illinois, it's ilcadvinc.org. Anyway, great, great um, places to go. Mm-hmm. And the National Domestic Violence Hotline is uh, 877 863 
Michaela Runkle, you are a hero. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here.